Hello and welcome back to Maximum Sports. I am your host, Max Batillo. Thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, what a week in the NFL it was. Uh, lots to talk about, lots to get to. We're going to get right into it. Hey, it, it's been basically the longest week I can remember in the NFL. And hey, I'm not complaining. But, you know, started on Thanksgiving with a couple games. And now it's going to end. I'm filming this, recording this on Monday or uh, on Tuesday morning. And there's going to be a game tonight. Games on Tuesday, too. And it's a, a good game. Uh, not as good as it could have been, but uh, Steelers Ravens, always a good matchup. Man, it, this week has just been full of surprises, shocks. I mean, teams making statements, teams. You know, moving around and, and kind of how we think about them, solidifying themselves. A lot of question marks to get to, and we're going to get to all that today. So thank you so much for joining me, and let's get right to it. So we are on number episode 52 of Maximum Sports, and it's been awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. And really appreciate everyone appreciate everyone out there. So, first thing, Thanksgiving. I mean, it was a different Thanksgiving for everyone, I'm sure. And there, there's something about tradition in the NFL that's incredible. We love it. It draws us, you know, the season of football. The matchups are great, you know, with history. But there's some things that, at over time, there's good traditions. But also over time, you have to admit that a tradition can lose its luster and its joy. And then you have to move on from it because that's life. Life's always changing. Life's always moving. The tradition of having the Cowboys and the Lions on Thanksgiving, it's got to end. No one cares. I think even Detroit and Dallas, they're probably not even tuning in anymore. And it's a tradition that, I don't know, it's been my whole life basically. But they have lost the privilege of playing on Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving, it's all about the big meal and the football. And it's it's amazing. It's it's wonderful. But you think about every year, all the in the last 20 years, 30 years even, every year on Thanksgiving between those two games, Detroit, whoever Detroit's playing, whoever Dallas is playing, just think of how many opportunities we could have had to watch great games. And we had to watch those two teams play. You know, it's... I know you guys are with me, even Detroit fans, even Dallas fans. You guys, you get to watch on Thanksgiving. Are you really excited about it? We're all going to watch football on Thanksgiving. That's a given. But the NFL could really grab everybody if they threw away those teams. Can you imagine if we got to watch like the Seahawks play every year on that day? The Packers play every year on that day. The Steelers play every year on that day. The Ravens, the Chiefs, teams 
that have been good for so long. And a lot of times, you know, the, the NFL in within the last 10 years, they've added a couple some games at the end. The night game's always great. It was gonna be Steelers, Ravens at night. Everyone would have watched that. It would have been great. Uh COVID changed that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And that game got moved out. But that was that was the only game anyone was looking forward to. No one wanted to see Dallas get rocked by the Washington football team. The team doesn't even have a name. The Washington football team, that that's not a team name. And they they beat them 41 to 16. Dallas, you lost to a team that doesn't have a name 41 to 16. I don't care who your quarterback is or what excuses. It's Thanksgiving. It's like the second biggest football day to the Super Bowl. You know? That's the day we can all count on. All anyone cares about is turkey and football. And the NFL is getting the short end of the stick on those games. No one cares about those games. Houston got to play on Thanksgiving against Detroit. Now, I can understand going into the season thinking, oh, Deshaun Watson, he's a superstar. Everyone wants to watch him. Houston should be good. They've had a disappointing season. But I can understand the logic putting up Houston against somebody. But you pigeonhole yourself by making it be the Lions or Dallas. Someone has to play those two teams. You might as well put the Bengals and the Browns as the tradition. It's a toilet bowl every year. And man, there's so many other teams. New Orleans, even San Francisco have had many better teams and they deserve to be. I mean, can you imagine if the Patriots were the tradition on Thanksgiving? I mean, that's the Patriots, like patriotism. Like that's what Thanksgiving's all about. Put the Patriots as the traditional team on Thanksgiving. Can you imagine all the great games we would have got to see with great football being played every Thanksgiving if the Patriots were the team that got to play every year? Patriots and Packers. Boom. Go for it. I love it. All those great teams, they've never been bad. They've never been terrible. Dallas has been terrible forever. Detroit's been terrible forever. They've had maybe a couple good seasons. Both those two teams have made the playoffs a few times in the last 20 years between the both of them combined. So get that out of here. Let's change Thanksgiving, NFL. You, you're wasting our time. And speaking of wasting time, I mean, we talked about this last week. I touched on it briefly, but a couple weeks ago when the Raiders played the Chiefs, I was listening to Colin Cowherd. I love Cowherd. He's one of my favorite shows, but he was going on and on. He had a whole segment about how the Raiders are back. And I touched on this in last week's episode. I was like, why, why did he have that segment? They, they lost to the Chiefs. Derek Carr played great. It was I mean, some people consider it a good loss, if that's even possible. But they proved that they can compete with the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs early in the year. But they didn't beat them this time. And then the Raiders played the Falcons this week. And there's no excuse. They, they were fully loaded, coming off apparently a good loss to the Chiefs. Everyone thought the Raiders are back. Derek Carr, he looked like Mahomes out there. He competed with Mahomes. Shot for shot, touchdown for touchdown. 
Mahomes had the ball last and beat him. And I said last week, the Raiders aren't back. It just, as much as you want them to be back, they're they're one of those traditional teams. You know, we talk about tradition. They are. It, it would be better for the NFL if the Raiders were good. They got incredible uniforms, incredible history. It's better for the NFL when the Raiders are good. But unfortunately, the Raiders probably don't have the best ownership. And they probably, that all trickles down. We've talked about that many times. You don't have a good owner, you're probably screwed forever. And the Raiders... They've never, I mean, after the tuck rule against Tom Brady in what was that, 2000? That was 20 years ago. The Raiders are not back. And sure enough, they lose to the Falcons, 43-6. to Las Vegas Raiders, 43-6. to If I'm the owner, I'm firing everyone after that. 43-6? to I talked about last week, Detroit, how... uh they got they didn't score a single point in the NFL. How's that possible in the NFL today with all the rules? With a, a franchise apparently franchise quarterback highly paid. You scored zero. Well, sure enough, Matt Patricia got fired, right? Clean house. Their GM got fired. Everyone's fired in Detroit, just like they, they always are. Vegas. I'm sorry, man. John Gruden, I think I think John Gruden's awesome. I, if I'm the owner, I'm not putting up with that. The Raiders aren't back. The Raiders aren't going to be back unless you're not back to me until you start making the playoffs maybe two years in a row. And maybe you got to win a game in the playoffs at least. Then maybe you're a franchise I'll take seriously. But in the middle of the season and losing to the Chiefs, you're never going to compete with Mahomes. You're never going to win that division. I'm pretty confident saying if Mahomes is healthy, you will never win your division. So how likely are you going to make the playoffs? The Raiders are not back. The Raiders lost to a bad Falcons team. I will repeat, 43-6. to That's giving up? In the NFL today, to not score 20 points is pretty pathetic offense. It's pretty pathetic offense. You should be able to score at least two touchdowns, maybe a couple field goals. You should score 20 points. Even the bad offenses can score 20. Uh, but I mean, the Denver played New Orleans. New Orleans probably the best defense in the league. Denver had no quarterbacks. They had to play with wide receivers and running backs taking snaps. And they scored three points. Las Vegas with Derek Carr and the Raiders are supposed to be back. Scored six. Scored three more points against a bad Falcons team. Then Denver scored against a great New Orleans team. So I just thought that was so fitting. It was a statement for my point of view, which is the Raiders are still trash. And uh, Cowherd said they were back. But hey, Coward, you know, most of the time I agree with you. Not on this one. And so the Raiders solidified they are not back. We'll see you. We'll We'll talk about you again in probably 10 years, and we'll see if you're there yet. So speaking of the idea kind of back to pretenders and contenders is the Titans, I felt, are contenders. They've made the playoffs. They've won consistently in recent years. 
They have a winning formula and they stick to their formula. They have an identity that's consistent, great offensive line play. They run the ball hard, play solid defense. The defense has regressed a little bit this season. They're not as dominant as they were last year, but Tannehill's improved a little bit. Their offense has gotten a little better. And so contenders, pretenders, we've got two eight and three teams, the Titans and the Browns. And so when I look at those two teams, the Browns, it's kind of shocking. You see them. I mean, they've got a very easy schedule this season. It's fascinating. They're eight and three. It's like, how did that happen? Now, the Browns, we can just look because their next games. They play the Titans next week. Uh, and then they play the Ravens. And then they got a couple nice games against the Giants. But I will keep my eye on that one. And then they play the Jets and then the Steelers. So, I mean, you can see with the Browns. I mean, I, I had them making the playoffs this year, which I think they will get the one of the wild cards. And they're going to lose to the Titans. And then they'll lose to the Ravens. And we'll see about that Giants game. But that puts them at eight and five. Maybe they beat the Giants. That's nine and nine and five. And then they beat the Jets ten and five. And then they'll lose to the Steelers. If they're lucky, the Steelers will be resting players, maybe, on that last game. And so maybe they beat the Steelers. Maybe go eleven and five. Incredible season. But if they lose the Steelers 10 and 6, I still think they're a playoff team. They're going to make the playoffs. But when we talk about con- pretenders and contenders, do you really think that the Browns are going to make any noise in the playoffs? I don't think they're going to win a game in the playoffs. So they're lucky they added that seventh seed. But I think next week we're going to see if the Browns can step up and compete with the Titans. Then I'll change my mind a little bit, and it, it it's all about matchups. It's all about who you've played, not necessarily the record. Like Browns have had a great year to go eight and three. They've taken care of business, but it really matters who can you beat going down the stretch. Does it even matter that you made the playoffs? So that's kind of what I say. Like when you make the playoffs, if you win a game, it kind of means you belonged, especially in a season where they added another team. Even like the Seahawks, I, I see them and they're, they're taking care of business against the teams they should beat, but against the good teams they've played, you know, the Bills, the Bills own the Seahawks that, that day. The Rams have had the Seahawks number for years now. They can't, they can't beat the Rams. And so, and the Packers have beaten the Seahawks a lot. And those are the matchups the Seahawks are going to be playing uh, in the, in the playoffs, you know? They're probably if they if they win their division, they'll still probably have to face uh, the Rams as a wild card team, or you know one of one of those uh, maybe even Tampa Bay, which I think they'd be a good matchup with Tampa Bay. But you know if they get that two three seed, they'll be they'll be playing one of you know 
one of the the wild card teams from uh, probably around the Rams or uh, Bears or something or uh, Vikings. So, you know, we'll see. But that's just kind of how the uh, the matchups lay out. And it, it matters, you know, it, it matters um, with the with the Browns. Are they for real? They can kind of make a statement. They have the opportunity to show that uh, against the Titans this week. I don't think they'll be able to do it. I think Mayfield, he's going to hold them back. They're just not explosive enough. They, they're, they're a team with a good offensive line, good defense, and that's kind of how the Titans are built as well, all things being equal. Brown's defense is probably a little better than the Titans' defense, but I think Tannehill is quite a bit better than Baker Mayfield. So that'll be an interesting matchup coming up. You know, we talk about teams having other teams' number. I mean, look no further than the Niners having the Rams' number. I think they've beaten the Rams like six or seven straight times they've played. And the Rams, you know, they were looking so good. And the Niners, they've got like 13 players on IR. So many of their stars uh, injured. And they still come out and last second field goal beat the Rams. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, he's just he's just able to move the ball against that Rams defense. And the, the Niners are still playing great defense. Robert Salah, their defensive coordinator, has done a great job with what he has there. And they just play a clean game, fundamentals. And and Jared Goff, you know, he he let the Rams down. That's gonna be the Rams bugaboo is, is going to be Jared Goff. You know, a lot of times he can look great, but is he really going to be the guy that carries your team when you know what hits the fan? And I don't, he hasn't really proven that he can do that. So, you know, we talk about be, beware of who you pay. And you look around the league right now, it's it's pretty fascinating with, you know, Carson Wentz, I mean, you watch that game against the Seahawks last night, Monday night football, and it's just incredible to see how much Carson Wentz has regressed. And the whole game, every replay, they were showing the receivers that were open for him and the guys he missed. And, you know, that's a Seahawks defense that's improving, but it's by no means a juggernaut. And the Seahawks held the Eagles without a first down until midway through the second quarter. And I'm talking first downs in the NFL. I'm not even talking about points. He couldn't get a first down in the way the rules are in this league for a quarter and a half. And then they start talking about salary cap situation. And then you just see, oh, man. The Eagles are just stuck. If they were to cut him or move off him, it would cost them $62 million after this season. And then after next season, if they left, it would be $25 million. And you realize they could trade him, maybe, but the guy looks broken. And I know they make excuses that he doesn't have great receivers and he doesn't have a great offensive line. And that may be true that they've regressed 
on those sides of the ball a little bit in those position groups. We don't take much stock in wide receivers. They're all fast. They all have got skills. He's got Alshon Jeffrey last night. He, he was open. He couldn't hit him. And the guy's not reading the field well at all. And that defense, he's got shut Russell Wilson down pretty well. He's got a great defense. That front four with Fletcher Cox and those guys, they're solid. So you you got pieces in in Philly. Don't don't just write them off. They're a talented team with a bad quarterback right now. And you paid him. We said on this show, you can go back and listen. We said we like Wentz. At that time, we liked him. Can't pay him. Just can't do it. Got to move off. Get the young guy in there. Get the cheap guy in there. That's what most of these teams should do. We keep saying it. You're going to end up losing, and you're going to end up being stuck financially. The Eagles are stuck. The Texans with Deshaun Watson. We like Deshaun. He's great. I wouldn't have paid him. We said that. And now, you know, they're two and seven or whatever. They're terrible. And they're stuck. Maybe Deshaun's not quite the whole problem. But man, how are you going to get around getting better when you owe a quarterback $35 million? It's really hard to do. Texans aren't going to do it. They're not. They're, they don't have the great ownership we talked about. And they've already fired Bill O'Brien. They, 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 they're a mess. And it just makes everything more difficult. If you're going to rebuild, you got to fully rebuild. You can't be paying maximum for a average to below to above average quarterback. It's just so difficult. You know, the Vikings have been stuck forever with Kirk Cousins. They can't cut ties. They can't trade him. It's expensive, and they're not going to get any better. They're just going to regress until maybe they have a three-win season or something. The you know Cowboys, they're still stuck in Dak mode. They're stuck there forever. It's typical of Dallas. Bad decisions, bad ownership, and they're they're stuck. They can't move off him. They just, it's, I don't know if it's just their emotions. They're sentimental. They're desperate to have the guy. And so in their mind, they try to make him out to be the guy. And they're most of the time, they're not. So you got to move off the quarterback. You, you know, Jared Goff, is he really going to win a Super Bowl? Is he going to be able to match up with the great teams out there and the great quarterbacks? No, I don't think so. He, he's too... He's not mobile. You get pressure on him, it's over. And he's going to give you pressure in the playoffs. The Rams, they got a great defense, so they've got a shot. But they're not going to win a Super Bowl. So you're stuck. You're stuck expensive. How are you going to get much better, you know? How are you going to use that? You don't have any money to get better. And you, you're going to have to draft perfectly in order to get better. Move off the quarterback. Leave yourself some flexibility. You know, that's the question the Ravens are going to have to answer. You know, now, now the Ravens are six and four. They play the Steelers tonight. It might be six and five. Lamar Jackson was the MVP last year. But do you think he's worth that big money? Because they're probably going to pay him after this season because they love him. He's a leader of the team. You can't move off a guy like that. But. I would write out his contract while it's cheap, and then I probably wouldn't pay him. And 
a lot of people out there, you probably think, oh, Max, you, you wouldn't pay any of these quarterbacks. Well, what are you going to do? It's like, I'll just do what most of the Super Bowl teams have done. And that's, they move off guys, and they still end up winning Super Bowl. After they moved off guys. You know, Green Bay moved off Brett Favre. And a couple years later, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl while he was on a rookie contract. You know, the, the Patriots, they had it perfectly laid out for them. I mean, because Drew, uh, Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Would they have moved off him? Probably not, but he got hurt. Put in the young guy. Who is the young guy? Tom Brady. Who is the young guy in, in Seattle? Russell Wilson. Who was who the young guy in Kansas City? Mahomes. Who was the, the young rookie contract in Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl? It was Wentz. But now he's paid. And now you're in the reverse. You're stuck. So every you can draft your quarterback. Draft a young, fast guy. There's tons of them out there. Quarterbacks grow on trees now. Everyone's got one. All the young guys are great. You know, Kyler Murray, he, he's he's great. I mean, he he's not perfect, but he's cheap. So after the season, the Cardinals are going to have flexibility to move pieces around, pay guys to come in. They're going to get better. They have the ability to because they'll have the money. So draft your quarterback every Three or four years, you let the other guy go. If you find a Russell Wilson or a Mahomes, you keep him. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you keep him. But, you know, most of these guys, they're not quite at that level. And you, you just have to, you have to be uh, calculated. And being calculated can be pretty ruthless sometimes. But that's... That's what the data shows the best teams are doing. And so it's these guys on cheap contracts. No one's ever won a Super Bowl making over 10% of the salary cap. It's just not, it's probably not going to happen. So that's kind of what we always talk about. It's good to touch on it. It's good to just look around the league and and see where these teams stand and how their future is going to play out. And so to kind of wrap up, Thought it was interesting, you know, seeing the Patriots kind of, they're my team that I predicted would be better than people think. They're kind of hanging around. I thought it was interesting how they've shut down uh, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and even Mahomes had his worst game against the Patriots this year. But, you know, Russell Wilson against Bill Belichick had his best game. He had five touchdown passes. Thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, Belichick's never had success against Russell Wilson. Russell's always put up big games against him. I think Belichick respects Russell a lot because of that. And so the Patriots are still hanging around. They could still make the playoffs. They shut down Kyler Murray again. Murray's kind of regressed the past couple weeks. I think with the spotlight on him, maybe that pressure has diminished him. And some guys, that's that's the that's what we have to judge these guys on over the course of many seasons, not just one season, not just one month or one game. We got to judge these guys over a long period of time, you know. And Russell Wilson, he just broke the all-time wins record for his first nine seasons. That's nine seasons. And the guy, 
is on pace to break every record. You know, he's almost he's going to be the earliest guy to touchdown passes. Um, they showed that graphic yesterday and he's going to break the touchdown record. Probably, you know, Mahomes will be right there, too, eventually if but he has to stay healthy. He has to be consistent over a long time. So that's how we judge these guys. You know, we judge Tom Brady uh, that the Tampa Bay loses again. We said Bruce Arians would be the one to hold them back. That's coming out to be true. They're a poorly coached team. We <laughs> we criticized Tom for leaving Bill Belichick because it seemed like a good situation there. And even you know with a depleted roster as New England is, they're still winning, and they're going to end up with maybe the same record as Tampa Bay. And so... And with all those weapons, Tom Brady, it really is about the coaching. And it's embarrassing, you know, for Tom to have the career he's had and to go down somewhere that supposedly has a lot of talent. And they do. They've got great players at every position. And to be 7-5 and five at this point in the year is an embarrassment. And so, it's you know, Bruce Arians, he should probably get fired at the end of the year. And I don't know, Tampa Bay, they're probably going to be one and done in the playoffs. And uh, it's going to be the grass is not always greener on the other side. You know, we talked about that a lot. And if Cam Newton ends up with more wins than you, Brady, uh, that's going to be no one's going to really forget that. So, yes, we judge these guys over their whole careers, long career, Tom Brady, most accomplished quarterback ever. Not the best quarterback ever, but there's no questioning how much he's accomplished. It's been amazing. Uh, Tampa Bay, maybe a chapter he's going to want to forget. So I think that's going to be pretty much it for our show today. Uh, it's been an amazing week in the NFL. Really look forward to the matchups next week. Uh, it's going to be interesting how these guys... I think they've shut down a lot of the team facilities, so teams aren't going to be able to practice in person, I think, that much right now. So we'll see how that affects teams. But we kind of know who the big-time teams are. You got the Chiefs. You got the Steelers. You, you got the Packers, I think, are in there. Uh, you've got, I think, the Seahawks are one of those teams, uh, a true contender. And... You know, you've got New Orleans as well. So those are the, the main teams. The rest are kind of, you know, even the Seahawks, they have question marks as well. You know, we'll see how it's all going to come down to that Rams game at the end of the year for the Seahawks. And uh, a lot of those teams have easy schedules, those top teams. So I don't think it's going to change too much. Uh, but we'll we'll look into all that next week. So thank you so much for joining me. and. Everyone have a great week, and I will see you on next week's episode.